Dear Cosmo Babies, today we are going to be talking about beauty school and all of the bullshit. Oh boy. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's get into it. So um, I would like to say my beauty school experience was very much a penitentiary type of experience. You know, you got to... <laughs> no. You got to serve your time before you get out and you start running into the world. You know, it, it's, I don't know how many people are excited to go because they, they think that it's going to be limiting, but you know, it was actually, it wasn't bad. You know, for the penitentiary, it was actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally joking. Of course. Did you get done with school in like one swoop or did no. you have to take any breaks? <laughs> no. Um, my, my, uh, cosmetology beauty school experience was a little rocky. Um, the first beauty school I went to was, uh, I don't even know if it's there anymore. Uh, new Albany cosmetology school, school of cosmetology. And, uh, they wanted everybody to wear like nurse uniforms, mm. you know, and I'm thinking, I gotta be me, baby. I can't be going in there looking like a nurse, you know? So they had your little your little, you know, uh, lab jacket on and all that. And they want you to wear black and white. And I remember the last day of school I came in and they had talked to me several times about this, but the last day of school I came in, I was wearing this bright fuchsia shirt with purple paisleys all over it underneath my lab coat. Cause we're, we're in class. We're not seeing patrons oh, god i hate that term we're not seeing <laughs> patrons and uh i'm thinking oh just, well, that's what i got i want to wear it and they said uh mr mays we have told you numerous times and we don't think that this is the right opportunity for you so pack your shit and you're out and, oh what okay fine so i walked to white castle which everyone <laughs> knows white castle is my favorite right on the corner i think that's why i picked this beauty school because it was so close to white castle <laughs> So Sounds I walked, right. to, I walked <laughs> to White Castle because before cell phones, you know, back when dinosaurs were on the earth <clears throat> and uh, I called my buddy. I'm like, hey, Dave, he's like, I thought you were in school. Yeah. Uh, they kicked me out. How do they kick you out of beauty school when your parents are hairdressers and barbers? So I'm like, I don't know. They did. They kicked me out. So he came and picked me up. And so then the, the next beauty school I went to was... Um, uh, Louisville College of Cosmetology, it's definitely not there anymore. And um, there was, uh, it was quite a, a collective of people. There was, there was one guy, uh, you know, and he had these dreads and these dreads were freaking flawless. And he wanted one of those like, like five o'clock shadow beards, like you'd see on George Michael, mm -hmm. but his beard wasn't thick enough to do it. So he would take a, the mascara wand and poke it in every morning and fill it in. And it was flawless. Wow. Yeah. And Vicky, <clears throat> Vicky stood up in school one day and says, uh, is it possible to make a career out of only doing scalp treatments? Cause I love doing scalp treatments, but I don't like doing anything else. Oh. <laughs> and the instructor was like, well, it, I guess you could, it might be a little rough, but, no, no. Instead of just saying no, you can't make 
career out of scalp treatments. I mean, maybe a Veda salon, but I digress. And then I, I left that place because it was it was it was a it was a, a I'm just gonna not say anything. It was a rough one. And <laughs> there, there, sorry, my mind is, is going all over. There was a girl there, and uh, her name was Cotton. And uh, I said, I come in one day, she's not there. So where's Cotton? Oh, she's having a baby. I didn't know she was pregnant. Neither did she. <laughs> oh no. She was she was full figured and she had no idea. And she just went in because her stomach was hurt. And they said, Oh, because you're you're in labor. What? Yeah, you're in labor. <laughs> so then I left that school and went to uh Roy's College of Cosmetology, which was an intercoiffure um school and salon. And intercoiffure is one of these large uh, trade organizations that you have to be invited to join and it's very prestigious and very, very hard to get into yes and uh so they were the cosmetology school the the roy was president of intercoiffure so i went to his school and uh and that was that was a really really great experience and that that's where i finished school and i, I went once i started there i went all the way through until i graduated and funny story i was on crushes the entire length of my cosmetology career at Roy's because I had a motorcycle accident and almost lost my foot. So I was on crutches the whole time. So I'd have a stool that I would put my knee on and then work around. It had like wheels in the stool and I'd cut hair around the around that, and then use the crutches to get around school. Wow. It, was, it was quite an experience. But yeah, that place, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was fun. And where did you go to school, my dear? <laughs> I have I have an interesting experience and background. Um, my first step into professional beauty was at a uh, large corporate ran beauty school where I got my aesthetics license. Um, it was an okay experience. Awesome teachers, not, you know, not always the best ran school, but I, I learned a lot and I got my license and I was not one of those people that got their license on the first try and not all of us do. Not all of us are set up for success very well, unfortunately in school. Um, but I did eventually get it. And, and I had, you know, quite a few years of working as an esthetician. Um, and I loved it, but I wanted more. So I went back to school to get, uh, my cosmetology license at a pretty big name, private, cosmetology school in California. Um, I, when I went into that though, it, I very quickly realized that everyone in my class was like, Oh, I, I do hair at home or I've been cutting my mm. friend's hair for years or, mm. you know, like it, it all felt like they already knew a ton mm. and mm. someone who was starting their career, kind of like restarting their career at mm -hmm. 26 was when I went back to cosmetology school felt really intimidating um, because it was a pretty prestigious school that I went to. And uh, it, I was like, did I make the wrong choice? Should I have gone somewhere else? Mm -hmm. I don't think that I'm up to par because like I, I was working with skin and I felt really comfortable with skin and waxing and all of that. But like with hair, I had no idea. And then it was 
it was very scary and very intimidating in the beginning because I felt like I should have known way more. Like, should I have been studying at home? Should I have been doing, you know, YouTube university (laughs) before coming in here? And, and for me, it was really, it was scary. It was a very scary start. You felt behind as soon as you started. Incredibly Mm -hmm. behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that, hindered me for a little while because then by the time we were getting through classes we were getting you know the way they had it set up is you learn the one part then you go on the floor and you work on the floor for a couple of weeks until you go into your next part and learn the next part you know so you do cutting first and then you go do haircuts and then you learn color and then you go back on the floor and do color and it it just felt really scary the whole time but I did like I continued to push myself because it's like you know, I'm starting over in my career. I I want this thing. And so I can't fail. And it was definitely me like holding myself back. And, and I know that that's a really common experience for a lot of people. Um, like, like you have a background of coming from professional beauty. Your, your dad owned a barbershop. Is that right? Yeah. He he owned a barbershop and a hair salon. Yeah. yeah, mom worked in the barbershop and dad worked in the hair salon. Yeah. And so it's like you kind of grew up around it. My mm-hmm. family worked in the funeral industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is very different. <laughs> now, did you work at the funeral industry, a funeral parlor? I mean, no, I didn't. No. No, my but first I did. job, yeah, my first job was shining shoes in the barbershop. <laughs> yeah. I did go to my uh go to work with my mom quite a bit as a kid. Um and and, and it was really fun. It was like, mm. I had a really fun experience getting to go like to the funeral home and kind of like be around like the peacefulness of the cemeteries and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like, it did not set me up for a job <laughs> in professional beauty in any no, kind of no. way. There's, there's no correlation. There's no crossover there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think like, you know, for, for people that don't come from a background of professional beauty where their parents or somebody they know isn't directly involved, like, mm-hmm. I, I think it can be really scary and intimidating to think yeah. that yeah. I'm supposed to know stuff before I start school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't yeah, have yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, um, you can't let, because someone else may have been practicing at home or, or watching Professor YouTube, and then they come into school because they're, you know, convinced this is what I want to do. And I've been doing this at home since I was 12 and all that. I mean, that that may feel good, but it's not necessarily they're learning the proper way. They could be uh-huh. learning bad things that they have to bad habits. They have to break and relearn. So you can't let that intimidate you. And don't think that you're actually behind before you even start. You know, it, it is scary. It's scary to cut somebody's hair, you know. My like I'm I was lucky that that my parents were in the business. And so and I grew up in the business. My first job was shining shoes. And and I remember I was probably uh, 10 years old the first time I shampooed someone's hair, you know, and dad's wow. there and he's coaching <laughs> me through it. And he's like, OK, hold the hose here. And I spray their forehead and water freaking sprays everywhere. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, 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 not that. But, you know, my father was telling me stories of when he went to beauty school, he was in the country, uh, Greenville, Kentucky, population 7,000. He goes to the the big city, air quotes, of Louisville, and uh, he goes to the barber school and he walks in the very first day and they hand him a comb and they hand him a scissor and a, a drunk comes in, a wino comes in and sits down and they say, okay, Willie, cut this guy's hair. 
I, what, I have no idea what I'm doing. And so they just threw him right in the very first day to get over that fear of, of what am I supposed to do? You look at it, you cut it. You look at it, you cut it. You look at it and cut it. And he slowly started to pick up as he got over that, that fear of touching somebody, that fear of being that close in someone's personal space and touching them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's a little rough today when we're so disassociated with the phone and and places we go. So, yeah, that I was that would have freaked me out the first day of beauty school. I go in, they give me a comb and a scissor and say, hey, cut this woman's hair. What? God, I she wants a Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> I think he went out, had a drink, and then came back and said, okay, let's cut it. <laughs> When you look at beauty school now, you've got vocational school, which is the cheapest option that you can go if you can get into a vocational school. Like in high school, you can go to vocational school or when you get out, it's like a community college thing. And it's very inexpensive. Or you can go to the Paul Mitchell or the Tony and guy or the Sassoon. How, how much are they running these days? It got to be 30, 40 grand, um, 35 I- I think it depends on like where you're located, but mm-hmm. schools, schools in that range, um, I think are running anywhere between 18 upwards of 30. Okay. Cause I mean, then there's the beta Institute, you know, in Minneapolis that my buddy Dave went to, it was fantastic. Uh, so it doesn't really matter where you go to school. It's, it's not mm-hmm. like Harvard, you know, you're going to get out and you're a Harvard man. I mean, you get out of Sassoon and sure it opens some doors, but it doesn't really matter. All that really matters are your skills and your chops and, and your personality and your drive. Drive will get you much further than any prestige of what beauty school you went to. Mm-hmm. Beauty school to me is an initiation process. It's not about you going and, and learning everything you need to know. It's a, it's a weeding out process. You'll know within the first six weeks of going to beauty school if it's right for you. It's not one of those oh, things yeah. you go through like a four-year college degree and then you get out and go get a job and you're thinking this is not really what the job I thought was. So it's, you'll learn real quick. So it weeds out. And then once you get out of school, no matter how much experience you got, that's when you really go learn. You go and you, you luckily apprentice or hopefully apprentice or you go in a quick service place. And that's when you really learn what the business is about and how to really be successful. Because the stuff that they, taught me in beauty school was was very antiquated and I went to a great school it was intercoiffure the president of intercoiffure <laughs> school and it, he had a lot of really modern stuff but because of the state board they still had to teach me pen curls and roller sets and you know all this stuff and I'm thinking I'm never going to do that I'm, I'm lucky that I learned it and I'm really thankful that I learned it but at the time I was so short-sighted that I couldn't see it and I am just rambling on a tangent here. So please save me. <laughs> so kind of going back to this idea of these different levels of schools, like, so you do, you have the vocational schools, which would be like your community college or your head start or whatever your state calls it. Um, you also have like the mom and pop beauty schools, which could be a, yeah. an in-between of community college and more of the name brand, Paul Mitchell's, yeah. Tony and Guy, et cetera, Aveda. Um, do you think that I, I went for those either corporate driven or private schools, because as someone who had no background in professional beauty whatsoever, um, 
to me, it, my initial thought was I'm going to go to something that is going to allow me more opportunity because they are like, if I'm paying more, I may be getting more. And with that is more opportunity, like more advanced education, more um, homeroom educators, maybe being exposed to more of the history of the hair industry, things like that, where in community colleges, which I have had the experience of going into community college cosmetology programs, meeting with the kids at a couple of those types of schools and talking with them, it's a little bare bones. It's, it's very you, we are teaching you state board. We are teaching yeah. you foundations um, at community colleges. They do come out with their degree, their AA degree. So it's like they have to take their general ed classes as well. So they actually come out with like this cosmetology degree and their licensure. Um, I don't know if that's more beneficial or not, but there are some major players in the industry. Um, like I, I know for a fact that uh I, her Instagram handle is Katie PDX hair. She went to a, co- a community college cosmetology program and just made the most of her career after that. And is now like a huge name in the industry. Um, so you have an example of someone that did it themselves from bare bones, nothing type of school, but then the mom and pop schools, you kind of look at those. And if you, those usually run around, um, I've seen them as low as $8,000 upwards to around 14 or 15 or so. Mm-hmm. Again, those are kind of like your bare bones schools. Um, mm-hmm. you're learning state board, you're learning sanitation, foundational <laughs> bare minimum. So you go yeah. out and get a yeah. job. Yeah. Um, but there really is no advanced educational opportunities. They're really not bringing in educators for the kids. Um, they're not, They're not exposing them to the industry in any type of way, meaning there's no uh, hair shows that you have the opportunity to go to. There's Mm -hmm. no um, award shows that you are being told about or competitions that you can enter and be a part of. There's no major exposure to the actual, what we consider the quote professional side of professional beauty. Um, which is the networking and the, the get togethers, the, you know, all the things that happen. Um, but then when you look at those, like either those, the bigger corporate schools or the bigger private schools, they do have the ability to bring in these like big players of the industry. Yeah. And so yeah. I wonder if, you know, like if, again, you kind of look at, at, at Katie as an example, who is just killing it in the industry right now, mm-hmm. just an amazing, incredible hairdresser who did go to a, uh, a community college school, you know, like, does it make a difference? Does, does how much money you pay make a difference to your career? There's, there's certainly benefits, um, to going to, um, a name brand school. There's certainly benefits that it opens the door easier. Uh, it, it lends some credibility. You know, if you say, oh, I went to, to Sassoon or I went to Paul Mitchell or Aveda, you know, mm-hmm. it, um, Tony got any of the, the, the big ones. It certainly lends an air of seriousness that you are dedicated mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, uh, a no name beauty school. But at the same time, there's a lot more cost involved. And yeah. is the benefit per cost ratio really worth it? You know, Ultimately, it comes down to the student themselves, the attendee themselves. I could have made just as much progress going to 
New Albany Beauty School as I did at, at Roy's, you know, the Interqual Fear mm-hmm. School. But my mindset was not ready to be the person that went to New Albany and took advantage of that. You yeah. know, I, I had my whole mind was screwed up and, and the way I thought about things and, and arrogance and my my parents. And, you know, so I wasn't prepared for it. I couldn't have taken advantage of it like I did Roy's because Roy's I go in and it's more prestigious. So I, I maybe I took it more seriously. So I think it ultimately comes down to the student. And you'll notice this in uh, cosmetology students that are older. The older they are when they go, they're much more serious about it. Oh, now, absolutely. Sometimes there's a gap because sometimes the schools don't really know where to lead them once they get out of school or while they're in school, what they re- they don't really teach them what they need to know. I shouldn't say they don't really teach them. It's just sometimes there's a gap between what beauty school is required to teach and what the salon is requiring in order to be a stylist and and a successful stylist at that. There is a gap between there. And I think ultimately that's where the apprenticeship mines that gap and mends it. So it's not such a great chasm between the haves and the have nots. And so you could take advantage of either one of the schools if you're serious about it. So absolutely. I I can't say that one's better than the other, you know, and I've, I've been to both, you know, as long as the school is, is, clean and it's serious about what they're doing, then anyone can become super successful if they've got the gumption and the mindset and the moxie to go take it. And ultimately, that's what this industry is about, is about me challenging myself to be successful, not someone teaching me to be successful. Because the information's out there. I mean, just go look on YouTube, look at, look at all the podcasts, look at all the the seminars and the trade shows and all these things, there's so much good quality information that if I really want to know something, I can find it. Absolutely. If I don't know, I can say, Hey, Annie, do you know anybody that does blah, blah, blah. And you say, you know, I don't, but let me ask this person. Let me ask that person. And seven, was it seven degrees of separation? And you know, everybody in the world. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you really want to know, you can go find it. So, a question for you on that yeah. is someone who let's say is going to one of these like lower end schools. Um, let's say they couldn't afford one of the higher, higher end schools. They, yeah. they can only afford one of these lower end schools and okay. these schools maybe aren't exposing them as much as a higher yeah. end school would. Yeah. Do you still think that even though someone has the drive and the moxie to like really pursue this career that because they have a lack of information could become just as successful. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. There will be obstacles that will be presented um, in, well, let me see, let me think of how I'm going to say, there's going to be obstacles that are going to present themselves to that person that may not be presented to someone else that goes to a higher end school, but that doesn't mean that there are impossible obstacles to get over. And I'm talking about just things that are just, like when you go to school and you're really trying hard, there's going to be some Yahoo over here going, oh, look at Russell. Russell thinks he's freaking Vidal Sassoon. I don't know who that guy is, but this is what Russell thinks he is. And look at him. He <laughs> thinks, and they, it's like crabs in a bucket. They're not really trying. So when they see someone else trying, 
they're going to freaking do everything they can to pull them down. Mm-hmm. So you got to ignore that nonsense. You know, ignore all the hurdles, the hurdles. <laughs> That's a real word, by the way. That is a real word. I look it up. I'm telling you, look it up. <laughs> there, there are hurdles along the way that you can easily get over. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. No, you can be just as successful at every job I've ever been to, every show I've ever been to, every class I've ever been to or taught or competition that I was in. No one has ever asked me, oh, where'd you go to beauty school? Because no one really cared. So it doesn't really matter. And I, I've seen people that went to great schools fail. I've seen people that go to, to cheap schools succeed. And it's all about your level of drive. Just for anyone that needs to know what the word hurricles means. <laughs> it's, a, it's a country pronunciation of hurdles. <laughs> it says that it's a noun. <laughs> It says that it's a hero noted for his great strength, courage, and for the performance of 12 immense laborers. That's Hercules. A man of outstanding strength. No, it says Heracle. Heracles. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Heracles. Hey. <laughs> Maybe just cut that part out. <laughs> no, no, we're going to leave it. We're going to leave it. <laughs> so, okay. So for someone that might be listening right now that maybe isn't at one of those bigger, pricier, fancier schools. What piece or maybe couple pieces of advice would you give them on how to put themselves in a better position to set themselves up for success in their future? Like, so, what, what would you tell them? Or like, how, how would you help? Like, how would they find information or if they're not being exposed to that information, like what information would you tell them right now would be? Uh, I would go online to all the socials and start looking for quality hair education. Now, when you're in the beginning, your discerning eye is not going to be very good. Something that may look good to you today in 20 years, you're going to look back and say, oh, that was terrible. Right. So you want to look for discerning. You you want to use your discerning eye to look for really good quality. An easy way to find quality is go to, um, you know, Instagram and start typing in and seeing how many followers people have. Usually someone's not going to have a million followers and they're going to be a hack. Mm -hmm. They're going to be, you know, quality, talented Silas. So start looking around, see who their friends are and start following their friends. See who they're mentioning in their bios and start looking that way. Go on to, uh, you know, websites like Hairbrain. Hairbrain has a great community and group and it's all really quality Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not get along with everybody in there, but that's okay because there's enough for everybody to be able to relate to and associate with. And there's a lot Absolutely. of good content on there. Uh, other types of forms, you know, modern salon, uh, behind the chair, all these different places have, you know, forums and community groups, Facebook. There's a lot of community Facebook groups on there about hair. And you can Facebook find groups are amazing. Yeah. Uh, and there's what you what you can do is find someone that you think you like that you think you jive with and send them a personal message. Say, Hey, I'm in beauty school. I really like your work. I think it's fabulous. Do you have any suggestions on how I can become better? I had one guy uh, on Instagram, send me a message and say, Hey, I saw this video you posted on YouTube. And I do post about a bunch of haircuts on YouTube. (laughs) And, And he says, I'm having some questions about this particular type of cut. 
would you mind jumping on a Zoom call and showing me how to do it? I'll pay you. Yeah, I'll do that. No problem. So we I didn't know how it worked. So I'm not going to charge him for it. So we're going to see if it works and test it out. So we go on and he and I do a haircut together online. Now, if he had not reached out and asked, he wouldn't have got. You don't have because you don't ask. Now, you're going to get turned down sometimes just because someone doesn't have the time. That's okay. You know, there's days I work in a salon. I'm there 12 hours a day. Yeah. You got to get me on a good day and I'll be glad to share. Yeah, I know how absolutely. lucky I have been to, to be passed down knowledge that I've had from mentors that were gracious enough to bless me. So yeah. I feel a certain obligation to pass that forward. And there are many, many people in the industry. This is the most giving industry that I've ever had the opportunity to be a part of, or I have at least seen. I don't see other industries bending over backwards to help new guys coming up. I've seen a lot of industries that kick the new guys and, and, you know, in the shins because they don't want any competition, yeah. but that's not this industry. This industry is very helpful as long as you ask and you present yourself and you, you do it properly. Yeah. Like kind of going back to the beginning of my career, you know, like school is just very scary for me in general. I, I definitely came from one of those families that were like, you're doing what? You're going where, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. well, you're yeah. going to have to do that on your own, which is why I went to aesthetic school in the beginning. Yeah. It's what I could afford, yeah. you know, as like a 19 year old kid who's paying yeah. for her own school. And, and I saved my money and I went back to cosmetology school, but everyone was like, why are you doing that? You know? Yeah. And you're never going to make any money doing hair, playing exactly. hair. And, you know, something that I am very grateful for because I did go to a bigger school was that they did expose us. Mm -hmm. um, my now business partner, Erin, uh, I met her at the school that I went to. She worked in the office and, and after I graduated, we just clicked and instantly became friends and have built an entire business together over the last 10 years. And that that was how I met you, Russell. Like I, as a student got to go to the international salon and spa expo in long beach. And, mm -hmm. yeah. um, I got to meet you at, at the hair show and, and a beautiful 10 year long friendship. And you were my mentor for the first, you know, forever of my career. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but there would be, I can't remember what I had for dinner. <laughs> there would be multiple phone calls of when I was working in a salon and, Unfortunately, I didn't really, you know, the salons I was working in were not super great about educating or helping mm -hmm. or, you know, it's kind of like, good luck over there, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. so I, I remember calling you many a dice being stuck on in the middle of a color and being like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you would be with a client and you would drop, you would hold on a second. I take this phone call. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, nine one one. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I'm just so grateful for that, you know? And it's like, I, like, I have always been so grateful to you, my mentor for, you know, my entire career. And, but it's like, that is literally how it starts is by asking, by reaching out and asking. And when you and I first met the social media really wasn't a thing. It was like starting, but it wasn't like, we still had MySpace at the time, people like, <laughs> MySpace was still a thing and you are and, so old <laughs> I know we are but it's like you know it's just it's different today and you know I think I think that is the best advice go online 
find people that inspire you and reach out to them, whether they have 500 followers or 500,000 followers, all you can do is ask. All you can do is send a DM. All you can do is open that door and see what happens. And most of the time it's going to be something positive. And if it's negative, you know, maybe that's just not the right person, you know? The universe has ways of leading you where you need to go, you know, and at the times you need to go. So, but it requires you to take some action. You know, it's like, you know, you you have not because you ask not. So if I'm thinking, oh, I want something to eat. That doesn't mean I just lay my head back and open my mouth and Jesus is going to feed me. You know, now maybe I'll get a call while I'm waiting for some food to fall in my mouth. And someone says, Hey, I need a haircut. I'm Hey, I know somebody. I cut your hair for money. (laughs) And then I can go eat. It's amazing how that happens. You know, kind of coming back, I guess, to, you know, this start in your career, being in PD school, no matter what level of school you're going to Mm -hmm. with what you just said of, you know, I know somebody I'll cut your hair for some money. Mm-hmm. If, if kids are doing kitchen cuts, you yep. know, if these Cosmo babies are doing their friend's hair in the kitchen, did, did they charge them? Hell yeah. They charge them. I agree. Hell yeah. Hell charge yeah, them they every charge time. Them. Now that doesn't mean you're going to charge them 30, 40, 50 bucks. Sometimes it's, you know, you got to bring some pizza and beer over and I'm going to cut your hair. Okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just a matter of, of, something exchanging hands. Well, you helped me move. So yeah, I'm going to cut your hair. Yeah. You know, there has to be some kind of value placed upon what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, there are opportunities that if you're experimenting with something and they have no say in what goes on, then that's a freebie. If I'm experimenting and I'm going to do something for art's sake, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, hey, Annie, I I need you to model for me for a haircut. Well, what's going to happen? Don't worry about it. If you agree to it, you're not paying. Maybe I have to pay you depending upon how crazy that idea is, <laughs> which has been yes. known to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. There have been some crazy haircuts I've seen come so, out I of mean, like beauty school experience. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a beautiful thing, but there has to be value placed upon it. You know, I have friends that, that I've been doing their hair for well, I hesitate to say, because then I'll get judged on being old, but 35, 40 years. I mean, before I was in, when I was in school and he comes up from Santa Monica and he pays, you know, it's out of respect that he's paid. If he didn't have Mm -hmm. any money, of course, but he's doing very well. So he pays, he'd have to pay if he goes anywhere else, just because we're besties doesn't mean he doesn't pay. Yeah. You know, the only person that doesn't ever have to pay is mom. Mom never pays. My mom never always pays. pays. <laughs> <laughs> of course, mom doesn't ask me because, you know, I'm, yeah, she doesn't like the way I do her hair. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah. My mom always paid me, but it was more of like a, honey, do you need some extra money? <laughs> I went ahead and put something in your account. Thanks for cutting mm-hmm. my hair today. <laughs> You're like, oh, thank you, mama. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were in beauty school, What's the biggest hair disaster you've seen or have done? Oh, because everyone's got a story of something that they've seen or done in school. It's just a, a, a nightmare. Um, I feel like I've blocked a lot of that part of my life out. 
you suppressed it. I suppressed it hardcore. <laughs> um, okay, I definitely had a very traumatic, traumatic haircut one time from a very uh, well-known to-do educator hairdresser. Um, very, very popular in the 80s. Um, I was used as a model. I did not know I was going to be used as a model. I did not ask to be used as a model. (laughs) But this hairdresser walked over as he was teaching a class and walked over because he didn't like my haircut, which was terrible. I was in beauty school. Of course, my hair looked like trash. I it's what I played with, you know, like we all went through that. (laughs) You start with long hair and you end up with a bald pixie or something by the end of it, you know? And so I I think I had been like growing my hair out from something terrible that I had done to myself. And he did not like the way that my hair looked. And so he was teaching a class. He had a model, he was doing that. And then he decided to come over, grabbed me by the hair and took his shears and cut my hair. And because I was like pulling away, he literally had a hand a fistful of my hair so I could not pull away from him and came at me with the shear so quickly that he cut me right to the scalp oh and so he had to fix it because you know I'm a I'm a big famous hairdresser and I know what I'm doing and this look on you is just awful it's dreadful and it's like of course it is I'm in cosmetology school (laughs) like this I am my doll head you know and so I ended up walking out of there that day with the worst pixie I have ever had and and I'm a short hair person like I like my hair short I prefer my hair short like as short as you know it's like it's it's very short right now I have a very like firefly-esque hair Mm -hmm. do at the moment and this is my, you know, it's my preference to keep it short. Oh, it was awful though. It was the worst haircut I have ever had. I, it took forever to grow out. That's where I found out I loved wigs (laughs) and started a wig collection. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you became fabulous. It was just terrible. It was terrible. Oh my gosh. But you know what? It's been a good story, but exactly, you know, so it's like, oh, sometimes you got to be really careful with Mm-hmm. the education you take and the mm-hmm. people you put yourselves around. And, you know, I think, I, I think depending on the school that you choose to go to and the people that they bring in to influence you, my advice to a student, especially one who is currently in beauty school going through this right now, or any future students that might be listening to this is that take, take the education that comes in with a grain of salt don't yeah. buy in immediately. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't fawn over them and immediately like fall in love and think that those people are everything because not all of them are great. You know, some of them will come over and grab you by your hair <laughs> without consent <laughs> and scalp you. <laughs> oh, that hurts me. That, that, that wounds me deeply. You know, oh, and it's like, 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 I just, that's, I just love that advice that you said go on Instagram. We have the tools today. We have the technology today. Go find the people that resonate with you. Don't just automatically buy into the people that your school might bring in because they may not be the person that you align with, you know, it just may be 
someone convenient that they were able to bring in at that moment. And, you yeah. know, like it's not always quality. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. um, when I was in beauty school, I did not do the disaster. I saw a disaster. One of these girls and she was from Southern Indiana and she'd drive 40 miles each way. And which is a long way back in Louisville to drive 45 miles She'd come in every day and she's got this, this, this little old lady wants a perm, but she had just had a perm, but it wasn't curly enough. And, and this girl was, was, you know, she was on, she was on top of it and she's perming her hair on those little bitty baby, you know, dark blue perm rods, the, the mm-hmm. toothpick size. Yeah. And she's rolling everything up. She's processing it and processing it. And, oh, no, you got to let it sit longer. It's, it's, it's got to take, you got to set it long, put it under a dryer. And the the woman knew everything about her hair. Right. So of course, when she goes to wash it out, perm rods are falling out of this girl's head. Oh no. So, you know, I actually saw pocket curls in real life, you know, where a roller (laughs) falls out, you pick it up, put it in your pocket. So they don't see it. I mean, it's just like, Oh my gosh. And I mean, luckily she had enough hair that they could kind of, gently pick it out but it was it, it was steel wool after that it was like <laughs> cotton candy oh I, my heart broke for that girl oh. Like, oh, those are the girl. most devastating situations because yeah, it's not your fault you know yeah, and I'm, yeah. i know that she was just crushed by it but it, it's not her fault i mean she was accommodating to the client and the client put her in that situation. Now, as you get older, more experienced, you can just say, you know what, Nurse Ratchet, I'm not <laughs> going to do your perm. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go find someone else. But you know, I ain't doing it. I don't care. I ain't doing it. And you can <laughs> sidestep that so you, you don't have to go through that again. But Oh, my gosh. Oh, I, <laughs> I still have nightmares of, of that happening. Oh, oh, my gosh. PTSD whenever I see a perm coming in. <laughs> So I guess just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, some key points to touch on are it really, it really doesn't matter where you go to school. If you, if you feel the need that you need to go to a big name school, by all means, please do. If you cannot afford to go to a big name school, please find a school that is within your budget, within your abilities and, and and go to that school, learn the most that you can, get your license and keep going, keep learning, keep seeking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drive is much more important than the name on the diploma. Absolutely. Drive is much, look at the, look at professional football. Look at all the, the uh, superstar players that came from little no name schools that were not even draft first, second, third, fourth, last round. They just happened to pick them because they needed to pick somebody. So yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, We'll try Tom Brady out. I don't have high hopes for him. And he ends up being the greatest football player that's ever played. So it doesn't really matter. It helps, but it doesn't matter ultimately. Russell, I don't know if a lot of people are going to know football. Well, who are listening okay. to this right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. Um, hmm. uh, but great example. Where, yeah. Where'd Beyonce go to singing school? Did she go to the Juilliard? Oh, no, oh, exactly. No so it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So <laughs> I'll try to come up with better analogies and football analogies. Yeah. <laughs> I, like the other thing too, is like, don't feel like you have to know before you go, 
don't no. like, like you definitely, it's like, if you know nothing about the professional beauty industry, that is your opportunity to learn it. It, it is, do not feel intimidated if you don't come from a professional beauty family, or if mm. your parents were out of, you know, in a completely different industry, or even if your parents are telling you that mm. this is a stupid idea and, yeah. but this is what you want, yeah. please, please do your, like, do everything you can to get yourself through school, no matter what, because All, yeah. it's an amazing mm. industry. Yeah. All you have to know is what the job entails, what doing hair entails. It entails you're helping people, mm-hmm. you're doing something that's important to that person you're working on and can actually affect their life in many positive ways. You can make them feel better about themselves. You can lend a, a, a sympathetic ear. So when they come in and it helps them feel better, it, it goes a long way. You have to care about people and care about the craft. And one of the, the girls I used to work with, she went to beauty school because uh, every time she would go get her hair done, she was always dissatisfied with it. And it wasn't because she was that picky. She just happened to have a lot of hair, you know, and it's thick and coarse and, and she was Korean. And every time she went and had it done, she always felt like it was, it made her feel bad. And so she went to beauty school so that she could prevent other people from feeling like she felt when she got up out of the chair. And she yeah. is a brilliant hairstylist. Brilliant. So just know what you're doing is you're helping people. Ultimately, that's what the job is. I'm helping them look better. I'm helping them feel better and taking some weight off their shoulder. Exactly. All right. That brings us to an end here. Thank you so much for listening. Please do us a favor and give us a review on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Subscribe. Leave us a question or comment if you'd like, and we will see you next week. I'm Russell Mays. And I'm this is Annie MacArthur. That's it. I always get her name wrong. That's why she jumped in. So thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Bye. Don't be a dream crusher, woman. I got dreams, hopes, aspirations. We'll be a cosmopologist instructor.